Hi everyone, welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody, Hour 2. My name is Brandon Weatherby. I'm excited for this hour because there's a, there are two individuals on the, on, on the hour that I've known for a moderate amount of time. One I've known for eight years, one I've known for about five. One of them walks everywhere in Washington, D.C. One of them is a drag queen. And, and, and I don't think either life is easy. I'm very, I'm envious, but I'm not envious of both of their lives. Like, I want to be able to have the time to walk all over Washington, D.C. And I want to have the skill and ability to walk on a stage of town. I don't have either of those things. I don't have the time nor the ability to walk in heels like this. And, and, and the difference between now and then is eight years ago when I met our first guest, I did, or sorry, when I met our second guest, I did have time to walk around Washington, D.C., but I did not spend five hours, eight hours walking around Washington, D.C. I don't know why I didn't take advantage of that. And 10 years ago, before I was here, when I was first getting into uh, the television show RuPaul's Drag Race, not many other people were. And I was the outlier. I've been watching that show since season one. And this is not like, oh, credit me. It's more just like, oh, you happen to know what logo was 10 years ago. <laughs> and now, now, every other straight man is also watching Drag Race. It's no longer a thing. And it's sort of becoming this co-opted, commercialized product that isn't necessarily good or bad. It's becoming all of the things that I've always said. Now, I am a huge baseball fan. Baseball used to be my favorite sport. I was a huge football fan. But I had to stop watching football because of CTE. I had to stop watching football because of systematic racism. I had to stop rooting for the Chicago Cubs for very similar reasons, not so much the CTE. CTE CT doesn't really affect Major League Baseball. Uh, it was more of the what the Ricketts do, the owners of the Chicago Cubs. Now, because of that, I got into professional wrestling because it's fake bullshit, and you can't be that racist in wrestling, and I got super into drag race because it's seemingly there was no racism or homophobia or, homophobia or sexism, but there's transphobia there. <laughs> And there's still racism there. And it's also a real sport. Everything I like that's a real sport is incredibly problematic. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's just what it is. I'm not, there's really no point to this monologue. I'm just thinking aloud. There's really been no point to this show other than a connection with people. And hopefully we spend some time together and become better friends. And one of the people that became a, a better friend of mine because she did this show is named Allison Lane. She's currently perusing the menu here at the Wonderland Ballroom because we are recording this right now. It's noon. It's 12.04. It is brunch hour here. It We've is. We've never done this before. Allison, how are you? I'm doing great. I think it's almost time for me to be hungry. Um, if I drink one more cup of coffee, I'm probably going to cry. This is my first cup. The sec first cup at the Wonderland Bar, they're using a Denny's mug. It appears to be a Denny's Christmas mug? With a creepy grandma on it. No, it's not. It says Bah Humbug. It's, it's, um, it's that dude. I was yeah. going to say the Grinch. It's not not Grinch. creepy. Scrooge. And here's the problem when I hear Scrooge. Thank you, Catherine. I think instantly of Scrooge McDuck. Oh, Who is said. a play on... Scrooge. Also, the best thing about Scrooge McDuck is he's able to dive into metal and swim in it. Here's what I think about that. That's not a thing. It's dirty. <laughs> that's Even also unreal. <laughs> that's unrealistic. You can't dive into metal. Well, I think the, better, the, the issue is why, how can a duck that has no opposable thumbs obtain said coins to put in a vault to dive into? It's not just the coin <laughs> issue. It's the, how did, he, how did, how did they do that? The duck didn't build the pond. The duck found the pond. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Did he commission the vault and then had other people put the coins in said vault? He's rich. 
he is. How also, did he, what other? In, I guess. How did he get the is. seed money? Was it inheritance? Did he earn this somehow? I don't know. Duck did Scrooge he, is a, a nickname. Scrooge McDuck. Scrooge McDuck. Sorry, dude. What are you, the FBI? <laughs> Doing it backwards. <laughs> Anyways. You know what the problem was with your monologue with all the sports? You know what the underlying issue and all those things were? Between the NFL Major Men? Baseball? Um, Men look. stay fucking shit up. Hold on. Hold on. Sorry. Can't take it back. Here's why I think you might want to take that back. It sounds like you're transphobic because that's a big part of RuPaul's Drag Race. <gasps> we're going to get to that with our first guest. But RuPaul's some... Okay, we're we'll going to talk there. about this. There's been a lot of controversies over the last 10 years. It seems. To yeah, be- there were. There, there still are. Yeah, there's a ton. So, what are you thinking about ordering here at the Wonderland Ballroom? Um, well, I saw biscuits, but I want to know if these biscuits, biscuits are dry. Are they dry biscuits? All right. Uh, so, <laughs> so, that's I a confirmed get, if I were dry you, biscuits. I'm not but you. Then, but then there's Meg's muffins, and I want to know who Meg is and why her muffins are on this menu. That's a fair question. Let's see if we can answer that in the next two hours that you're on the show. Our first <laughs> guest for this hour... Um, Easily top five dressers on the show ever. Not number one. I'm not going to give you number one yet. Uh, I'm trying to think because I don't. I, I don't want to offend anyone that has come up for number one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what if that offended you if I said that our first guest is the number one dresser on the show? I don't you know care. I mean? I'm not wearing clothes anyway. It doesn't matter. Don't do that. I can't not. People are listening. Hi. Pussy Noir, if you are so willing, <laughs> please come to the stage area so we can debate about your fashion, my fashion. Are you taking off your... God sh- Is damn. it a shawl or a cape? We'll come up. He, he's hot. Pussy, this is the first question I have for you, and it's a very important question based on what you are wearing. Do you ever worry about your weight? Do I ever worry about my weight? Yes. All the time. Great. Me, are, you, are, you willing to, are you willing to give your age? If you're not, that's fine. I'm 33. You're 33 as of right now. Okay, congratulations. <laughs> Do you? It's a new year. You know, your metabolism is not going to stay as it once was. Oh, it already has started changing. So my metabolism was slow when I was a kid. So I was a fat kid until I was 18. Really? Yeah, not even 18, like 19, and then. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, and then um, while I was in college, I discovered copious amounts of. Um, what do they call Cocaine? Yeah. We can say cocaine? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I discovered cocaine <laughs> sophomore year, and yes. she was my best friend until 22. And then, <laughs> is that when you lived in Paris? Um, I was in a school in New York, and then I was in school in Paris, and I lived in New York again, and I was back in Paris for a little bit, and I was back in New York. So, cities that are great for cocaine consumption. Exactly. How often did you pay for cocaine? Um... Like fifty percent of the time. Okay, now when, <laughs> that's a pretty. Is that's it, like average? That seems average to me. Now, um, I feel like DC probably not the best city for cocaine. Now, we've established this on the show. I, did I not stopped do doing cocaine. it. There we go. Okay. Yeah, I just I had weirdly enough, so dramatic, I had a heart attack, um, not due to cocaine, not due to really having quick? a bad. Hi- a hypothetical heart attack? No, a real one. Oh, like okay. a real actual heart attack. Um, not due to cocaine or a bad diet. I actually had a heart condition called pericarditis. And it's when the sac around your heart gets inflamed. And a lot of people get it. And you discover it in the worst ways. And um, Like a heart attack. Like a heart attack. And I had to have like a, a small procedure. But then I stopped doing all the fun drugs. <laughs> 
How, and this is when you were. This is and when my you were, friends don't invite me out anymore. This, no, is, no, this is when you were 22. No, no this is actually like when ago. I turned 30. That sounds good. There yeah, when I turned 30, it was a lot of shift. My booty got bigger. My hair got longer. I had a heart attack. Do you like? <laughs> do you like the Billy Joel song uh, "You Ought to Know by Now" because it's the most famous song with heart attack in the lyrics? How does that go again? She just sang sang it Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. I don't think I don't about that. that I don't is. think about that song. I like to think about Enya and <laughs> Would you and the Pure Mood soundtrack when I think about my heart attack, so it calms me down. I'm gonna, <laughs> will you ever perform to "You Ought to Know" by Billy Joel? Would I ever do it? Yeah, it's a possibility. Great. I don't. I don't hold myself back from like music if it's good and it hits me. Like, let's fucking do it. What's uh, the biggest bop that you've you've the most unusual song, I guess, or unexpected of you. Most unexpected. I don't even Billy Joel is not a song I would that's imagine really for, for drag, to be honest. Well, the last... Or like Kenny Chesney or some shit, I don't know. Mm, I've never done that. Like, that's not going to ever fucking happen. Kenny Chesney? <laughs> Kenny Chesney's <laughs> not going to happen. Fair enough. Um, I did do, so my, I do a monthly show called Sissy That Tuesday at Trade. And the Christmas, most recent Christmas holiday show, I did like a very dark, punky Christmas, but it was all Depeche Mode music. Okay. And I, I love Depeche Mode, yeah. but people were like, this ended up being very Depeche Mode heavy as a drag show. Yeah. Now, your next edition of that, uh, Bump and Curl, a celebration of on the allure of black hair. Yes. <gasps> now. Yes, come. Oh, my gosh. Because you have so much you hair. You said Bump and Curl, I'd like that hit my soul. Yeah, yeah. It's black History Month. Yeah. Do you think it'd be very funny <laughs> or very offensive is if I dyed my hair black and then I went to the show and, th- and I was just acting confused the entire time? <laughs> it would look just weird. I had black hair for like five years. Really? Yeah. I, I also like Depeche Mode, yes. I had black hair for like five years. You know, I, this is the thing, is that I think if you dyed your hair black with the haircut you have right now... It would look weird. It would look weird. If yeah. you gave yourself like a slight undercut, like saved up the sides, yeah. less weird. But I can't do that now because of Nazis. No, I don't think people need to hold themselves back from history because if that was the case, we wouldn't wear shit. <laughs> Fantastic. Let's we go through it. Wear any, we wouldn't have an MAL like if we're okay. worried about Nazis. But, like. but this is like within this administration recent. You we know wouldn't I mean? wear shit ever. We wouldn't wear Aren't cotton, bitch. Like, <laughs> if we were really that fucking worried. Touche, touche, touche. So what will this edition of Sissy thinking? That Tuesday entail? Um... So basically, it's kind of centered around like Steel Magnolias, henceforth like the Black Steel Magnolias that mm-hmm. Lifetime did. I watch clips, not the whole thing, just so people know. I'm not going to be that bitch to be like, I watched the whole thing. It's my favorite movie. It's not. But so you're saying the Lifetime version of Steel Magnolias isn't your favorite movie? It's not. <laughs> it's not. That's crazy. It's not. Unfortunately, I know it's so surprising. It's really wild. No, but I, you know, I've always been fascinated by my own hair, my own hair journey. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I, as a black male, always kept my hair very short. That was the way you kept it. It looked clean. You know, like, when it was growing out, my mom said my hair looked like a sheep's butt. You know, you heard things Aww. like that. Well, I mean... That's sad. But, I mean, it wasn't like she was being mean about it, but also at the same time, she grew up in the 1950s and 60s. It's my, generational. It's a yeah. thing that happens in black communities to exactly. not love your hair. And so. my mom has had, like, straight hair mostly my entire life. You know what I mean? Like... Her hairstylist comes to the house and has been doing her hair, the same woman, 
my entire life. So like, I've also seen my, all of my female friends and cousins get their hair relaxed or keep their hair natural and having different textures of hair. And again, like we're talking about in this administration, even before, you know, where the variety of black people that exist really start coming more to the public and the variety of what we look like starts coming to the public more and people are noticing it and respecting it, black hair is always this allure, you know? Like right now, my hair is straight. It was relaxed fully, but I've grown that out and now it's straightened. And it's funny because like, I want people to touch my hair and they're always like, I don't want to touch your hair because it's like, <laughs> that's a bad thing. I'm just like, no, I straightened it so you can just run your fucking fingers through it. I just want to feel it. So it, it's like- Is this the longest your hair's ever been? This is the longest my hair's ever been. Really? Yeah, I've never had long hair. I've always really? kept my hair like Grace Jones fucking bald. What do you think? I love it. Yeah. I love my hair. It's funny because for this show, I was thinking, I'm like, should I do something really extreme and shave my head? And I was like, fuck no. This is going to take another four fucking years yeah. to grow back out. <laughs> and I'm not going through that. Allison, is this the longest hair you've ever had? Uh, real or fake? <laughs> I feel like you had fake hair like pretty much down to your... Always, yeah. Butt. Yeah. But okay. you know what's really interesting to also, not to like stop you from your questions, but to oh. also mention about black hair that also inspired me for this show is that, well, one, I'm setting up the stage like a hair salon. I'm also in, like having like two white characters in there to also like talk about where we are kind of transracially, like with this question of biracial or interracial dating, as well as like people experimenting with other cultures genuinely yeah. and identifying with because that is a real thing. It always has been. I think that we do get caught up in trying to like point out the social justice moment rather than understanding what cultural inclusion really looks like sure. as well. Um, but we also like have this thing with black hair, especially black beauty, where, you know, it's fun so funny. So like my hair is relaxed. I felt a little targeted because recently Usher relaxed his hair. I was just gonna ask you about Girl. that. Girl, and I will God. say this, the only reason why I didn't go off well is because it was an ugly ass hairstyle. Well, not only Usher, but Young Jock as well. Yes, Young exactly. Jock is also wearing a relaxed hair look with a, a weird undercut and a color. Yeah, it does He looks like somebody's black aunt. And so, like, one of the things, like, when I relaxed my hair, people were just like, are you going to dye it blonde? I was like, no, I'm going to look confused. Like, there are, like, there are lines I won't cross, and I think a taste level really makes a difference on how people accept things. But also, at the same time, when all this backlash happened with black men relaxing their hair, I was like, no one is mentioning the fact that as much as I love her, it is not a come for just pointing out a fact, Beyonce paid over $100,000 for the whitest white women in the world to grow out their hair and then give it to her. Mm -hmm. And no one said shit. And so it's very interesting, these double standards we have on black beauty and the experimentation of, because we're in a time where we, have, we are a variety of people just like everyone else. And that's partly what this show is also talking about as well. So I think that's actually a good transition to what we originally planned to talk about yes. before I knew about this specific edition, which yes. is the state of drag in DC. I'm not coming for Beyonce. Don't get quiet on me. I, well, no, because <laughs> I was going to go into a different conversation about black fishing, but we don't have to go there. Oh, girl, yes. We could do that if you prefer. No, I mean, we can. I mean, let's, I mean, I mean if you're talking you. about black identity and, and politics, like black fishing is a really big thing on the internet right now where people are uh, appropriating black culture and black um, like beauty standards and trying to make themselves look as ethnic as possible, but without being actually black. And I can do two things so right strange. now with that subject and tying in the current state of drag. Exactly. Because we are, one, we are seeing, yes, black fishing happening, and it's quite gross. Actually, there was a picture, a meme on the internet that was out 
Sorry, I'm burping after that Victorian-sized meal I had. That was crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. I ate put so that, much Hey, food. Nick, put that on the menu. Wonderland Ballroom, we serve Victorian-sized like, meals. That was huge. Like, But... <laughs> Um, so this meme was out on the internet like a couple years ago and it was so jarring because it was a, a young white girl with a big butt poking her butt out and saying, who needs black women anymore? And it was like the most, the grossest thing I've ever seen. Like, I was just like, girl, like, why would you, why are you doing this to other people and to yourself? Like, what the fuck is going on? Sad. And that's another thing is like, I, when I see black fishing, it's people taking the worst aspects and stereotypes about blackness and then making that cool which Can I, ask I a question for everybody uh, yeah because we're all RuPaul's Drag Race watchers and fans yeah how did we really feel about Laganja Estranja oh for the people that don't know who Laganja is Laganja is the most <laughs> weed friendly drag queen in the in the 10 seasons and four seasons of all stars that RuPaul's Drag Race has had yes uh, the, the like best death drop possible and probably the most problematic hair and vocal stylings possible because she's definitely co-opting of like with spring breakers meets black culture is that fair to say absolutely yes. okay so that's Laganja Estranja um I have always hated talking bad about colleagues but I have never personally had to work with her, so I'm not considering her a full colleague. Mm -hmm. And I have never liked Laganja Shanja. She was, I mean, just on the taste level and on the talent level, she is one note. So we shouldn't even be discussing Ooh. the she, rest of what she has she done is at this point. the weed drag queen. Like, yeah. She is that. But Good for her. She's figured out that market. But you figured out weed. A lot of drag queens love fucking weed. Yeah. Like, <laughs> But they're not... There's a whole magazine dedicated to weed called High Times. Yeah, like, I know, but like everyone else is not, doesn't want to just be weed, where Laganja like, just wants to be weed. But yeah. I also thought was very like white guy of you. like Me? Or? No, uh, just to be like, weed is my thing. That's it. I think that's, that's like a huge a, part of privilege, yes. We, she, yeah. That could be her thing without getting her in trouble. Yeah, but that's also like, why did you have to bring in the black scent? But that's, I mean, good, like, good that, and that's the thing. It's just like, why does that also have to happen? Like, where is that coming from? What are you doing? Why is that part of the character? And that's the thing with when it comes to drag, and that's the current state of drag as well, is that it's so cool because with the drag community, you can experiment with anything, but people are very terrified to experiment with other cultures at this point now. So, you know, like a drag queen will do a song that's a Japanese pop song, and that drag queen is white, and all of a sudden, social justice moment, she's appropriating. You know what I mean? It's like, is she or is she not? What does that actually mean? Mm -hmm. Understand what these very academic, academic terms are that are now out in the public with no context. Are you, have you altered what you've done for fear of co-opting something else? No. Okay. Um, Do you think that's generational? Um, I think it's, mm, because secondly, I'm of the same generation. I'm a millennial. They're like five years younger than me. It it's matters, like, though. That five it years does, is it huge. Does. And there are, you're also 10 years older than some of the other performers. And yeah. That really matters. No, it does. It does. I, I mean, like, I will say this, and it's going to sound very egotistical, but I pride myself on being very educated. And I use yes, that to my... but you are not the audience. What I'm saying is I use that to my advantage to be able... Well, I'm He's saying he's using his platform to be an informed... So, what I, so basically, I grew up a performer. And one of the things I was always trained is that as a performer, you need to be educated on what you're doing. You need to be able to have this complicated idea that you now have to communicate to a huge number of people that have no idea what you're doing. So that's what I mean about education is that I use the complicated and layered ideas I'm going to do and take, and I try to communicate that to a larger audience, and I know that that's my job. 
And I think with a lot of queens, especially young queens or new queens, they forget that aspect of what they're doing. They can paint like Picasso. Like, oh, these kids can paint. Like, we're, that is actually one thing I've changed. I paint heavier. Really? I do paint heavier. Why? Um, because a lot of the other queens are painting heavier, and it's just like you gotta you gotta stick with the times. So you're learning from the youth. Oh yeah, for okay. sure, for sure, definitely. I learn from everywhere. I learn. I do not cut off learning at any time. But what are you about to say? I didn't oh, say it's like you, you made a smirk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to wrap this up, but I have to wrap this Let's up. Let's wrap to it time. up. Um, do you have anything else, Roman? Could I ask you a question from the kids' book of questions? Please, do it. Great. <laughs> I need questions. you to pick a number between twenty-nine and two fifty-nine. <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's a number. It's random. Twenty-nine or two fifty-nine. Two thirty-one. Two thirty-one. Fantastic. We actually don't have that. You get two thirty-seven. <laughs> oh, this is good. How do you think your life would be different if you were three inches taller, three inches so- shorter? If I was three inches taller or three inches shorter? Both. They want you to answer both. Okay. If my, I, how am I like if I was three inches taller? Well, I would be the same. Sorry, I'm like screaming. I'd be the same height I am now because I'm wearing heels. How long did so. it take you to figure out how to work in, walk in heels without even having to think I'm walking in heels? Like a month. Oh, that's not long at all. No. Okay. I did training wheels and then worked my way up. Um... So if I was three inches taller, I'd be the same height I am now, so my life really wouldn't change because most people think I'm that height. Sure. What about three inches shorter? If I was three inches shorter, I'd be the real height that I am, and most people are very surprised by that. (laughs) (laughs) So it'd be more surprising. What's your favorite baseball team? (laughs) What? You're not a big baseball guy? What's wrong with baseball? Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? You don't love baseball? I don't, I don't watch baseball. sports. What? What are you talking I don't about? Watch sports. What's your favorite baseball watch, team name? I watch sports related porn, and there's not even baseball in that. That's a lie. <laughs> What's your favorite sports related porn title? I don't even know. I don't look at porn titles. Okay, the Orioles. Because the Orioles. I'm from DC, Maryland, so the Orioles. So there you go. Give you some Orioles baseball cards. I'm going to give you two. <laughs> These are, here's an Austin Hayes and a Kevin Guzman baseball card. And then more importantly for you, I have uh, All Access Areas by Scott Ian. <laughs> Scott Ian is the guitarist for Anthrax. If you open up to any page in this, there's something debaucherous going on, and I feel like you might like that because I it's love that. pretty dumb and offensive. I love debaucherous. This is for you. <laughs> I love debaucherous. Can I mention something before I go? No. Yes, of course. Um, uh, I am performing at Trade tonight. The oh, show nice. starts at 1130. Um, and hosting, and then on the 16th of February at Songbird, there's a party called Blowout, which happens in Baltimore, but they're doing a DC takeover. I'll be performing at that. It's hosted by Bombalicious Eclavar. She's really crazy and amazing. Saturday the 16th. Saturday the 16th. Which is perfect for all the people that maybe forgot to make Valentine's Day plans. Yes. A restaurant's a restaurant. You're not going to want to have sex after eating there. But if you no. go to this party, you'll you definitely might. want to have to have sex. That's great. You'll def- and you might be able to. There it's you a go. gay party. Uh, Pussy Noir, I'm glad I know you. I'm glad you're in my life. Congratulations with all I do success. And uh, we'll go to an Orioles game soon. <laughs> Why is that funny? You don't like baseball? I don't know. I just like that's my reaction right now. It's we'll, so weird. We'll, we'll wear hats and watch baseball. We will. We will do that. Yeah. We'll wear crop tops. You could wear a crop top. I'm gonna wear a full length jersey. I'm gonna get a. I'm gonna get a gown jersey. <laughs> oh my god! If you do a maxi jersey, I'll do a maxi jersey. And I wear like a crop top two piece yeah. mini mini skirt. Yeah. 
at totally the Orioles game. I'm totally down with this. We'll go to those bars across the street because those bars are great. The ones in left field. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? I, I do. They're cheap. They're so It's so easy to get cheaply drunk in Baltimore. Not like D.C. I'm pumped for yeah. this. We're going to go to an O's game. I'm super excited. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> and then we'll go to the Crown. And then we'll go. The Crown. I like the Crown. You don't like the Crown? I don't go to Baltimore. You don't go to Baltimore? I, I thought the O's are your favorite team, so you go to Baltimore like once a week. When the <laughs> All right. (laughs) Thank you, Pussy. Thank you. Coming to the stage is another person very similar to Pussy Noir, huge Baltimore Orioles fan. Uh, does walks just as much as Pussy Noir, but not in heels. Ladies and gentlemen, Prince of Petworth is here. Dan Silverman. Dan, come to the area that is a stage. I'm glad that you're here. You're wearing comfortable shoes because you're a man that understands he's got a long way to move. A long way to move? That's not a thing people say. <laughs> How are you? Do you know Allison? Yeah, we did this last year. Last year. That doesn't mean you still know each other. Thank you for being we here, Dan. We know each other. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> Dan, how are you? I'm pretty good. Did you walk here? I did. Give me. And I think there I also said this last year. Yes. But I've been up since four in the morning. That's a very long time to be up. And I did only eight miles. Are you? Only eight miles. Are you gaining weight at all, ever? Yes, I have a beer belly. Seriously? Is it just beer? Do you know it's just beer? Well, I don't really eat much. so That's messed up, that you yeah. walk that much. How yeah. are your joints? My fucking knee is killing me. Yeah. Is it often killing you? If I do uh, more than 15 miles, my hip starts Because you know bodies aren't supposed to do that, right? Stretch? No. That's your problem. H- here, no, here's the problem. <laughs> I'm listening. My fucking neighbors are doing a 10-mile race, and they're like, you should do a 10-mile you know, running race. Yes, yes, yes. And so I'm like, yeah, of course, no problem. So I went with my wife on Friday. Yes. Did a three-mile run. Three miles, that's it. I walk 15 miles, three-mile run. I go, oh, it's not so bad. I came back, my fucking knee. I could barely bend it out. I'm like, I can't fucking run. Do you want to reveal your age or no? 44. 44, and you're starting to run 44? Well, I run on bets. I ran a 10-mile race in 2006, but okay. at that time, you I were was smoking your, a pack a day. But you were also 31. Yes. Okay, there's a big time difference yeah. between yes. those two, and it has nothing to do with the smoking cigarettes. Do you miss smoking? I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I have, it's, been, uh, it's been nine years. That's a long time, and you still uh, miss yeah. it. I still miss it. But not like now. Like now I don't care. But there will be evenings. Yeah. You know, maybe you're hanging out with friends or whatever. You're like, I could use a cigarette. Did you watch Russian Doll? Yes. Did you watch Russian Doll? Yes, I did. Okay. I can't think of a show that embraced smoking more than (laughs) Russian Doll. Yes. Yes. And it it didn't... The, the last time I wanted to smoke that much because I was watching something where like White Stripes interviews from 10 years ago because Jack White was always smoking cigarettes. That's the thing I miss is smoking indoors when it was socially yeah. acceptable. Yeah. Do you think the DC uh, nightlife scene would be benefit would benefit from smoking indoors? No. Okay. No. Just no. had to ask. No. Allison, do you think the DC nightlife scene would benefit? No, that's gross. Okay, I'm just asking a question here. <laughs> Did you ever smoke indoors and enjoy it and think like once the smoking ban comes into effect this bar is definitely going to close i want to tell you how old i am i've smoked on an airplane whoa yes were you a teen i was like 20 jesus what a pre-9-11 world you lived in (laughs) tell us grandpa how was it so did you did you enjoy smoking on an airplane or you did you did it just because you could no you enjoyed it i mean i when i was a heavy smoker and you took an airplane back when you 
I mean, like now, when you can't smoke in a plane, like I would fucking run into those ganky, disgusting little glassed-in cases where you could smoke in Texas. You know, like transferring in Dallas. Where are you from? New York. Did cool. you not hear that? What? Sounds like New York. You don't, no. I don't hear that. There's oh my no, God! I you can, sound like New York you, to me. You cannot place <laughs> me because I've I lived in New York for 17 years. Mm-hmm. I've lived in D.C. for 21 years. I went to college in Ohio. So like, I've morphed. I was gonna guess Baltimore. That I was from Baltimore. Yeah, no. even though I knew it was I New York because we talked about this like yeah. a month ago, and I apologize for that. No, that's alright. Uh, I think it's funny that people were very easy to accept smoking on airplanes, but it put a fucking cell phone on a plane, <laughs> and you have airplane mode. <laughs> well, no, that's the, so the funny silly. thing about the airplanes was that there would be like the last four rows in the plane you could smoke, and then if you were in that row in front of them, it was fucking miserable. Even if you were a smoker, because it was just disgusting. I mean, I'm glad that, 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 that you can't smoke on planes anymore, for the record. <laughs> Controversial statement. Um, <laughs> you've been doing Prince of Power for a very long time, and uh, a lot of places have taken hits. You seem to be fine. You seem to not be taking hits. I'm doing good. I'm it's, glad. It's coming on 13 years. It's a long time. Um, I, th- I feel like... I knocked wood. We don't talk about this enough. Do you think the city would have changed more after the election of 2016? I see that's a very good question because you know it's hard to know how many real people are talking about this mm-hmm. but like the hyper focused people like we're all up in arms about this Esquire article yeah that you probably saw it's uh, it's the DC isn't cool thing or whatever like that it was just that that uh, you know the DC scene you know is tough for the Trumpies yeah. and it's and the T- DC scene in general has taken a hit and people are like. Rightly so, D.C. is much more than Washington, D.C., you know, political D.C., uh, it's, it's neighborhoods, you know, as I preach all the time. But having said that, it's just a fucking article. I mean, like, yeah. people go banana. It, it's like there's this hypersensitivity. Anytime the New York Times writes something about D.C. or Esquire or whatever, Vanity Fair, it's like, why do you fucking care so much? It's like the outrage that these folks have, it's like, just, will you save that for something really, <laughs> you know, out, like for transphobia and, you know, like the, the wall and the border shit ripping parents away? But no, there's some guy writes that, you know, Trumpies have a hard time going to bars and, oh my God, you don't know DC. It's like, calm the fuck down. I don't disagree. Yeah. Two things. Number one, I don't think a lot of people realize how submissions to work. Uh, work because usually that's a freelancer even if that's a staff writer if they're writing a piece of oh DC's still cool that's not going to yeah. run no one cares about yeah. that so that's they write the thing that's going to run number one and then number two is uh, I'm actually want to talk about do you think this city has changed at all yeah regardless of the article yes okay I, I do think the the city has changed and I am uh, very close with industry bar restaurant people mm-hmm. and they have told me straight up that uh, business has taken a hit that they attribute to the election. So it's like, it's not this theoretical, like, oh, oh you know, is, has it taken a hit? It has fucking taken a hit. Great, we all agree it's taken a hit. Has it, is it getting worse and worse because they're in the office longer or has it been just as bad since it was in January 2017? I don't know about you, but I feel like people are becoming more comfortable being rude and they're just like mad all the time. Okay. 
I, I that's don't a good know. Point. I don't know. I mean, like, I just feel like people are just upset. I think that's just, a separate issue in terms of like whether restaurants are thriving or sure. are doing well. Like, I, I do think the tone yeah, of the city like, has changed. As a bartender, I yeah. feel like people are much more comfortable being rude yeah. than they that's were before. That's a good before. point. That's a good point. What about we're, in, but more things are open in 2019 than there were in 2017. But it's like Growth what? Hasn't what are the things that are opening, and what are the things that are? You closing? tell me. You cover this so stuff. So it's like it feels like there aren't as many wonderlands, for lack of sure. a better. I don't know if you know this. Property values have not taken a hit. <laughs> it's just as expensive, or if not more right. expensive than it was right. five years ago. Well, the thing is, there were. Certainly more opportunities, like their sister place, um, do drop in, mm -hmm. you know, whereas, like, a lot of people, just it didn't occur, like, Brooklyn, I mean, I guess that's Edgewood, but Brooklyn Edgewood has always been an awesome neighborhood, and beautiful big houses, and, you know, very community-oriented, like, neighbors know each other and talk to each other, and it's, like, a no-brainer, but there was, like, this mentality which I think we talked about last year, where it's like you, you were only comfortable in certain areas. Yeah. You air quotes were only comfortable in certain areas. And then it sort of became known like, oh, wait, this is a cool area. This is a cool area. And so very rapidly, people and entrepreneurs and restaurant owners and developers started exploring and expanding out. Um, I think the last place would maybe be like Ivy City. Okay. Where where you didn't see a lot of stuff happening, and then one place opened, then the Douglas Development Project mm -hmm. came, and then boom, it like went up like wildfire. And and because DC is such a finite geographic area, yes, you know, not very big, yes, um, which is why I can walk most of it. It's like you run out of places. This is why. I mean, obviously we're skirting on gentrification talk, but this is why. What are you talking about? <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Um, east of the river, yes. th there's a lot of concern there because um, you could say that it's one of the last uh, parts of DC that hasn't experienced, you know, a growth in restaurants and bars and grocery stores sure. and, and whatnot. And how do you make that happen without decimating the community that exists? And so it's like a very fine line to walk. Um, but I think it's certainly an area to watch if you're interested in Would you ever want to run for office? No. Okay. I mean, actually, I mean, that, that's not fair. Yes, but what? I never would. Why? Because I don't have the, I don't have the um, disposition to be a politician. Mm. Have you met our president? <laughs> right. Well, I, 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 I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, <laughs> aspire to, uh, to that uh, politician as, as a role model, but... No, it's like pol politics in D.C., you know, you got to go to all these community meetings I, and you got to. Do you know what you do? Huh? Do you know what you do? You literally walk. No, I understand. And I think that the site has a tremendous influence. Yes. That is not that that touches upon politics. And I think I can continue doing that just fine and yes. having an influence far better than becoming a council member. I don't think you would have to stop doing the site, is what I'm saying, if you were a council member. No, this, I just think it'd be know, interesting. You know what it takes. To, you can't. This. I do, and I think you'd be good. That's why. Well, no, it's kind, but it's like the, to do the site. I understand that. You know what you have to do is just hire one more person. That's it. <sighs> it doesn't work. You can make it work. No, I don't want to do that. 
I'm cool as fuck. <laughs> um, also, uh, I've talked way too much shit about this city to ever run here <laughs> for anything. It's it's going to be 2020. How weird is that? No, it's how time works. It's pretty, pretty fine. <laughs> Not afraid of all. Uh, we're going to end this interview with a question from the Kids Book of Questions by Gregory Stock, PhD. Dan, do, do you ever get called Prince? And by the way, I know Pussy's name is Jason, but I don't know if I'm supposed to refer to Pussy as Pussy or Jason. More fun to call pussy, pussy. Yeah, and the, the fact that you guys are going back and forth with pussy, I stayed with pussy, but like when I wrote on pussy's uh, piece of paper in, in the card, uh, I wrote Jason. Yeah, pussy's pussy. Pussy's in my phone is pussy. Okay, just wondering. Dan, do people Pussy's calling. You should put that on a well, shirt. Yeah, that's something. what I mean. Pussy's on my phone is pussy. Um, Dan, 12 year do, anniversary. Do you want people to call you Prince, Prince of Patworth, Popville, or Dan? Because I, I call you Dan. Personally, yes. I prefer when most people call me Dan. Dan, okay, But cool. people call me everything, and I don't care. All right, cool. <laughs> um, Popville, please pick a number between 29 <laughs> and 259. Um, 44. 44? 544. Obama. That's good. Oh, Look at you okay. kissing ass. Clearly. To, to whom am I kissing ass? The staff of the Wonderland. There's a there's an Obama inauguration poster uh, in the corner. Oh yes, yes, that's the one I thing that I. That that's like the one thing that's actually from the Wonderland ballroom. <laughs> I don't know if the people in the room know this or the people listening who have never been here. All of the signs that you see are former failed businesses in, uh, in this neighborhood. That's why Matt, the owner of the, uh, which is always fun for me Wonderland. because I have pictures like Reds when I saw. I oh have really? Pictures of the actual Reds. See, uh, closing, hey. and then I I actually tip Matthew off. When I see a place closing, I say, dude, there's a cool sign there. You better get it. Cool. <laughs> Listen to the it's roars of approval. That finds out uh, we're clearly 44. It's been taking you get 47. If you could change one thing about your parents, what would it be? Um, what would I change about my parents? Uh, less, less Jewish guilt. Less Jewish guilt. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Because you're when are you gonna When are you going to visit... You know, it's Thanksgiving. And sure, it was would be so nice to have everybody. <laughs> up. Um, I'm going to give you the ta- the Tao, the Tao of Bill Murray, real life stories of joy, enlightenment, and parting, crashing. Because I feel like you would like Bill Murray. I love Bill Murray. And the reason why I figured you'd like Bill Murray is because I know you have that Beastie Boys watch. <laughs> I'm not wearing it today. And I feel like people that like the Beastie Boys <laughs> are big fans of Bill Murray. And I don't know why I'm assuming that. The outfit. Sort of the outfit. This is a Bill This Murray is a outfit. very Steve Zazu. Yeah. You're we doing do. a Steve Zazu. But we need to talk about the Beastie Boys be- at some point. The Jewish the guilt is year. overwhelming, Dan. No. <laughs> when he saw me wearing the Beastie Boys watch, he said, I fucking hate the Beastie Boys. Or something along those yes, lines. Yes, not oh. a fan. And it's stuck not a fan. Me, so this I is for you. the Beastie Boys book. You should put a plug for the Beastie Boys book. What's your favorite it's baseball team? The Nationals. The Nationals. Fantastic. Do you like the Nationals or the Caps more? I like the Nationals more. The Nationals more. Then you get some Nationals. I love the Caps. I mean, I, that was... I was but just that's not a this baseball team. That's well, I also have uh, Capitals cards. Oh. They're the only hockey team I have. But I was just having this conversation last night that the, the last time there was something as exciting in this city uh, for the, from the Caps winning the Stanley Cup yes. was the night that Obama was elected. That yeah. was the most... Just amazing. I don't know. Gay marriage uh, passing the Supreme it, Court was pretty. It was it was exciting and that was good, but that was minuscule really? compared to the entire city. All right, just lit. Um, 
I'm from a city of champions, so we don't have to worry about that. Um, <laughs> here's a Max Scherzer card, who is a legit, oh, uh, fantastic uh, pitcher. Yeah, I wish sure. he was a Chicago Cub. And Daniel Murphy, who is a bigot. So uh, enjoy those cards <laughs> for you, current Chicago former Cub. Former Met. I think Yay. former Yay. Met, former Nat, current Cub, bigot Daniel yes. Murphy. Yeah. Now you have that card. I, I'll, I'll, I will hang up the Scherzer card. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Dan. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate your thank time, you. Dan Silverman. Everybody, it's always fun. You Thanks. can Congrats. go away. Thank you. I appreciate your time, Michelle. Would you like to come up here, Michelle? I would like to compliment you while you walk to the stage. Your outfit's fantastic. Uh, this is the second guest of the hour that is wearing black tights. It seems to be the appropriate thing to wear because it's cold. That's Michelle, it is so lovely to see you. The last time I saw you, it was upstairs at the Eaton. That is correct. Um, what have you done since October 26th? <laughs> Let's go day by day. Go. Um, okay, the next day I posted pictures from that event. Good job. Yeah, thanks. Um, I just been doing a lot of a lot of stand up working uh, as much as possible. Uh, we started an open mic, um, and it, hold on. When did you start the open mic? We started the open mic the last Friday in October. So you've done three of them since. Um, we actually November, more December. than that. Yeah. So okay. we've done. Tw it was twice a month. That, okay. That's too much. That is too much. Now, <laughs> but yeah. have you wanted to stop doing comedy because now you're running an open mic? Uh, it does kill the spirit. That's right. It does. Now <laughs> it does. I ran an open mic for many many years, and it was a wonderful way to meet people. Now, Allison, do you know what an open mic is? Um, I can imagine what it is. But you've never attended willingly. You've never gone. No, 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 no. Not on purpose. Nah. Don't. Now, not on purpose. Don't do it. As the producer of one, you're informing a stranger danger not to attend the open mic. Is that correct, Michelle? Um. <laughs> um. I think that um, we have since stopped it at that venue. What venue were you at? We were at the DC Comedy Loft. Which is Beer Baron. Which is Beer Baron. Don't say that, DC Comedy Loft. Just say Beer Baron. Google only Thank wants you. one address. Stop it's, it. It's Beer Baron. This um, is not the You, Me, Them, Everybody Club. This is the Wonderland Ballroom because that's what <laughs> Lyft will drop me off at. You see what I mean? Correct. You're right. You're right. Anyways, you were at Beer Baron. We were at Beer Baron. Which is spelled B-I-E-R. Correct. To make it easy for everyone. For everyone. It's not just beer. It's like medieval beer. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> it's old-timey beer in old a basement that's a DC comedy loft. We know. We've all been. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So um, the thing with open mics, um, and I, so I have a partner, and I have a partner who is um, younger than I, who has just a great, she just feels like people are good inside. That'll. And I love it. Good for it. her. I good do. for her. And so I just let her. Yes. Do that. Yes. Uh, and I am there for support and to promo. Uh, but sometimes when I open open mics, you just allow people to come up and and try their hand at comedy and uh, and see how it goes. And that's how you learn that people are 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 evil inside. Now, have oh. you have you cut anyone off? Yes. Okay. <laughs> We've had to cut mics. There was a, there was, the, yes. Who did you, do you, let's name names and give addresses. So, um, <laughs> why did you cut them off? Um, okay, there was uh, a situation where someone was telling a joke about rape. Oh. And, and it was too funny and you didn't think anyone could follow it, so you said, that's I'm enough. Like, that's We've, just too highbrow for yeah. me. Um, no, I mean, if it was about rape and it was hilarious, you just keep going. Because um, I don't feel like it was the topic itself. Sure. 
but I feel like it was aggressive and mean and ew, not at a Brandy Girl production. Oh no, you don't. Of course. So you. Uh, so, so did you did you stop the set? I, or did you uh, light we early? We immediately uh, gave the light, um, and did that this, person that person saw the light guy, and within say thirty guy, seconds did this left. Guy, mm-hmm. It was a guy. guy. Yep, of course it was a guy. It so, was. So the guy he, <laughs> did the guy willingly get off stage? That one did, yes. Which means that wow. there was one that didn't. Correct. Okay, same subject matter. Um, that no. Okay, what was that subject matter? Or do you remember? It was. It was about being gay. Okay. Um, and the person supposedly was not gay. I feel like when you are mean about it, I feel like that's latent homosexuality. Got it. Okay. And they're in there. Talk about your Jewish guilt. I feel like sometimes that comes out as homophobia. Um, and it was awful. And so, as I said, it's, it, homosexuality it should not be off limits when it comes sure, to Sure, sure, sure. But um, when you're talking about, oh, how, how you avoid gay people and how you, you don't want to. And this is at Beer Baron. Uh, um, yes. But then, yes. Interesting choice. And then, um, <laughs> and, then, um, and then they start doing a little crowd work. And, and, and uh, well, once they did that, they, they were given the light. And then they did crowd work where they were inquiring whether certain people in the room were gay. What? And that is when um, I got on stage and took the microphone. Oh, that's interesting. You're People are evil. I'm telling you. Oh, my God. No open mics. So, and so, like, you can't... Some, sometimes people will let things fly. Like, oh, well, it's... I'm just doing my thing. Sure. No, you're not. You okay. can't... There'll be no hate in comedy. Unfortunately, oh that's not just an open mic thing. That actually happened on this show before you were a co-host. <gasps> I've, I've heard. You've heard of this show. Now, this yeah. is a great... This is honestly one of the best stand-up sets of all time because I didn't know, clearly I'd seen the man perform probably three times before. I was like, oh, he's fine. He'll do good, solid eight minutes. Right. But he didn't. Um, <laughs> and it was great because then he started to pick a fight with an older man in the audience. See. Around 60 years old who was a, a friend's father. Mm-hmm. And then, so everyone in the room was completely on his side. And then he threatened to then fight everyone else in the crowd. And then he sat for a short chat. And at the beginning of the <laughs> show, I had to be like, why don't you just sit down? Why don't you sit down? I'm not going to say his name. Why don't you sit down? And then he did. And he's like, that went great. I'm like, it sure did. <laughs> and it was Good one of the you. most fun shows of all time because the entire room was then unified. Well, we united behind this guy who was completely oblivious to everything. Yep. Oh, my God. They are oblivious. I, because the thing of the matter is, this guy, I had to come and take the mic, and he, was irrit- he wasn't as irritated um, as I guess he could have been, but I got up, and I, and I took the mic, and I'm like, we don't, we don't have that here, and you're not welcome here anymore. But there's, the people are so not self-aware because not just a week ago, uh, in this very room, the same comic came up um, uh, because my partner runs another open mic here, first Wednesday of every month, and did the same thing. And so she let him go up and started in on the, she gave him the light, he ignored the light, and then she came up, and, and, um, but he, she kept waving, and then she had to come up and unplug uh, Seriously? the what? microphone. Um, and then, then he kept talking like people could hear him. Sir. Um. <laughs> yeah, you're not welcome. So she had to like, and then he got angry. He said, Richard Pryor would be rolling in his grave. Really? Because I feel like it. what you're not going to do is uh, 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 invoke the name of our good Richard Pryor, who also had, you know, a couple of forays into homosexuality. He wouldn't back you, sir. Um, he would not back you. What is, 
here, this is something I thought about a lot, and one of the reasons I'm really glad I'm no longer doing what you do. Um, I am convinced, unfortunately, that like there's gonna be like a shooting based around in, like an open mic. God, this is the weirdest endorsement for open mics. This is not an endorsement for open mics. <laughs> well, this is an intervention to try to have <laughs> Michelle stop hosting open mics for safety. I am convinced that, because okay, the things that make anyone do anything on stage, there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with me. Like there's not like this is not a healthy thing to do, right? Uh, we need um, affirmation. It's not, it's not good, right? <laughs> right. And attention. Great, but we're smart enough to know that like we could kind of read a room to a point, you know, mm -hmm. like maybe don't scream or don't do a thing. Right. We can understand that, but not everyone can, right? Right. The barrier to entry is so fucking low, and in a lot of states, it's really easy to get a gun. So if you're the kind of <laughs> If you're the kind of person that's, that wants to be on stage, but you could only get booked at open mics, which is not necessarily a booking. Right, it's not a booking. That's going to be, and, and if you're the person that's going on stage to literally unplug a microphone, you are now the target for Correct. somebody that's already divorced from what's going on in reality. Correct. That's going to happen. Oh I'm terrified God. now. I'm Me terrified. too. You should all be the terrified. white people that come into Wonderland Ballroom. Now, here's the good thing. Here's <laughs> the thing of the matter is. Here's the good oh thing about God. this is now I used to host Mike for years at Sally's. We're at the yes. Wonderland Ballroom. The reason why I like these places, second floor. I feel like there's more safety being on the second floor because yep. by the time they get up to there, get up here, somebody would have been like, Hey, that crazy Joe's here with his <laughs> with his wacky gun. You know what That's I mean? Right, like with we his can wacky gun. We could get I'm. I thought about this for way too long, and this is before. <laughs> there's a reason I'm not doing that anymore. It's not worth it. It's not worth it emotionally. It's definitely not worth it financially. Even if we're. By the way, the only people that get paid for open mics are the hosts or Correct. the producers. Like no one else is getting paid. But like that's not. Mama worth needs your, a new pair of Doc Martens. It's not your money. Like that's not a good way to like make money. It's not. And I try not to. My my whole uh, New Year's resolution is to not uh, fiscally play myself financially playing myself in the 2019. Um, and so they're, they're not monetarily worth it. And so I've only, in the past, I've had only done curated open mics. So they're not very open. Sure. So it's like, if I know who you are, I've heard your comedy, Yeah. come on up and that's fine. Um, but as younger comics coming up, they just, there's so many curated open mics, they don't get the opportunity to like, to grow their art. Sure. So then it's like, oh, why I see a need for it. But as I said, so now uh, uh, my partner Charity does the one here. We no longer do uh, the one um, at um, uh, uh, Beer Baron. Um, and so now we're doing showcases. We're doing showcases and open mic at the Unified uh, Scene Theater. But the open mic is, is good. it'll be a curated open mic. So it's not an open mic, which is good. It is not an open, open mic. It's a slightly closed open mic. Do so. you still like doing it? Not comedy. We know you like comedy, but do, <laughs> huh? doing the mic, do you still like like hosting it? I like hosting. I don't like hosting open, open mics because I think that I need... Um, okay, we'll get a little political here. As a black woman, there's very... What? Sorry, go ahead. Yes. <laughs> As a black woman in comedy... There's so few of us who get the same kind of looks and opportunities as other folks. So they can go to um, my mic or my showcase and then they're, you're not gonna get the quality as you uh, would have in a showcase because these people are just trying out new sure, things. Sure. So I find that um, you can go to one, a mic that's run and produced by a white male. I mean, and you guys are great. 
Um, thank you. you guys. Thank you so much. You guys are great. It's no shade. Give it up for white men. Yes. 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 And there will be a few people who aren't good, so it won't be a good show in general because they, it's not tried and true material. And it's like, oh, well, that's the way open mics are. And then you'll go to a Brainy Girl production, which is Clever Black Girl. Um, and you will, it's not really, but it's, um, and you'll go to an open mic run by me. And um, it won't be that great of a show. They'll have like three really good people and like four not so good people. And like, oh, their shows suck. You know what I mean? And so I feel like there's a higher level of expectation um, for me as a black person. I can't, have, I can't have a bad show. And that's looked at differently than, say, another person who might have the same level of show. So I need to, I need to rep it for the black girls so we can continue to get good looks and opportunity. So, um, so no, I don't like doing the open mic because I like a, I, I like a, a quality show. This is maybe our 505th show at this hour. I think I've done about 11 good ones. Okay. So my track record, pretty great. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. Uh, no qual, no. Um, favorite place to perform in DC? Your favorite. Oh, DC Improv. Okay. What'd you, what are your thoughts on the, let's get you in trouble. What's your thoughts on the DC Improv introduction video? Do you like do you like Van Halen solos? Those, <laughs> I mean, it just sounds like. So <laughs> For those that don't know, they play they play it's they play Van Halen, and they do a light show, and it That's feels what it, sounds like it feels like it's 1988 and you're in Panama. It has not changed for years. Nice. It's, it's, it has not. Change and it doesn't. Here. It doesn't matter who's performing. It doesn't matter if you're there for like an old nope. comedy show. If you're the club comic, doesn't matter. You're hearing that fucking intro. Mm -mm. You could get like it could be. I don't know. I'm trying to think of somebody. It could be some more, or it could be like Hamburger. I don't know if you know Hamburger. He's a comedian. They don't know Hamburger. So no, no, no Hamburger. He's a and they he has a catchphrase. And guess what his catchphrase is? Hamburger. And so. <laughs> He performs up, they will still bring him up to uh, Panabamba yeah. and Halen. I mean, I feel like, but one of the things is as a comic, that's like a, that's the best place to perform because all my, you know, all my idols perform DC Improv. So then when you hear the song, it's like, yes, I'm one of them. But Cool. Know, Good for you. It. I'm glad. Favorite not uh, club comic. Or favorite, sorry, favorite not club place to perform in DC. Ooh, I like, um... Well, see, now it's known as comedy. I love, I like the Big Hunt. Okay. And I like. Well, not, they didn't change the name. Huh? They, they, didn't, they, don't they didn't change the name, but I feel like people look at that more as a comedy place. It is, but in the base, we're talking about the basement of the Big Hunt. Big Hunt is run by Sean they Joyce. They have a basement? <laughs> yes, they do. What? Yes, come it's, to that. <laughs> it's honestly, it's very. <laughs> they do comedy there. If you've been to DC <laughs> Improv. Oh, yeah. Like headliners and yeah. stuff. It's uh, <laughs> really good because it's like. Probably half the size of the improv, maybe. Yeah. So, but yeah. it's very, very, very similar layout. It's more of a wide room than a long room. It's, it's great. Uh, Sean does a really, really good job uh, doing that show. Um, let's end this interview with a question from the Kids Book of Questions by Gregory Stock, PhD. It's not a good book. Uh, I need you to pick a number between 29 and 259. 69. Of course, that's been taken because that's the best possible number. Ah. You get 84. Great. Would you rather be a rich and famous movie star or a great doctor who saves a lot of people but is not wealthy or well-known? <laughs> I mean, this is an obvious answer, but it makes me a bad person. I would like to be a famous movie star. What kind of movie star? I mean, 
Mm. A, a movie star, like one of those like um, comedic, uh, like the comedy actresses, but then has like a breakout role in a super serious something, like a Robin Williams who you think is only funny, but then they do that movie about kids dying, and then they're like, oh, <laughs> he can really act. That's the kind of, like, oh, I only thought that she could be funny, but here she's in a serious role. And there you have it. Well, I hope you don't kill yourself like Robin Williams. Um, <laughs> I will not. Because you're a comic. I have plenty of alcohol and Xanax. It means you need uh, something to write on. So here's a Visit Baltimore notebook with a pen. Wonderful. Thank you. And I then I need. what's your favorite baseball team? Um, Oakland A's. Oakland A's. Thank you for actually having one and not saying, what's it, a Yankee? <laughs> no. So here are uh, one, two, four. There's a lot of A's in this set. Yeah. That's what she said. <laughs> Here are nine Oakland Athletics baseball Yay, cards for you. Yay, thank you. People can see you where? People can see me at the Unified Scene Theater. They also can uh, see me. Uh, com this coming Monday, we do a show about sex called Smash at the Busboy and Poets at Tacoma. That's about fucking. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together Yay. for Michelle. Sometimes great, everybody. Thank you, Michelle.